It was a day that we all knew would come, but when it did come, it felt surreal. It felt nearly unbelievable. The day that Nick Saban decided to step away from the game of football. Now, I know a lot of you feel some type of way about not having to get past Nick Saban every single season, and I get it, I understand, but how else can LSU benefit from Nick Saban's retirement. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome into Locked on LSU. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on LSU in the search bar. Hit that subscribe button, and you'll get notified as soon as a new episode of Locked on LSU drops. Well, the college football world, and really the football world, the sports world, was taken by storm on Wednesday afternoon when it was announced by ESPN's Chris Lowe that Nick Saban has decided to retire. Now, I think that there are several dominoes that are going to fall, of course, as it pertains to Alabama and, of course, as it pertains to some of the coaching candidates. We heard today that Dan Lanning is not one of those candidates. Could it be Lane Kiffin? Could it be Mike Norvell at Florida State? Could it be Kalen DeBoer at Washington? You know, they're all, I think anything at this point is on the table that Alabama has a short list of candidates, but how it affects LSU is what I came to break down and what you want to hear. But before we we look ahead, I, I what this means for LSU, what could come next, I do kind of want to recap just a little bit. And before we do that, I got to let y'all know that today's edition of Lockdown LSU is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. So I was doing a radio show this morning, and my co-host asked me, you know, as an LSU fan, how do you feel about this? And I'm sure that that, that my co-host was expecting a yes, like, let's go, here we go kind of response. And trust me, you know, the, the competitive side in me, the side in me that has, and when I was in school at LSU, we never beat Alabama. The side of me that just got sick and freaking tired of losing to Nick Saban every single year. The side of me that knew that Atlanta could be a possibility if he just got past Nick Saban, but it was much easier said than it was done. Of course, that side of me was, you know, celebrated, uh, celebrated a little bit. But I told her, I said, look, as LSU fans, we have, we have complicated relationship with Nick Saban because it's not just like any other fan base in the SEC or any other fan base that has been handed some devastating losses at the hands of Nick Saban. It's not like how Tennessee might feel about Nick Saban or Auburn might feel about Nick Saban. It's because there's history there. It's because Nick Saban won a national championship at LSU. 
It's like your boyfriend who you loved so much and he loved you back. He left you for your best friend and he and your best friend had the most beautiful and wonderful relationship and marriage of all time. And you just had to watch and suffer at the hands of it for so long. That's what it it feels like. So there's more investment there. There's more emotion there. And maybe you're thinking there's more hatred there because there is some history. Or maybe you're thinking, well, you know, hate losing to him, but we respect what he did for the program. And however you feel, you were totally, you know, justified. But uh, as much as I've hated losing to Nick Saban for all of these years, as much as the idea of the Alabama Crimson Tide just makes me nauseous, and as much as that program just, ugh, it just, you know, it, it keeps me up at night, I respect the hell out of Nick Saban. And I have to respect what Nick Saban has done for the game of college football, what Nick Saban did for LSU. Yeah, LSU lost to Nick Saban so many times throughout the years. Losing a national championship game to Nick Saban and Alabama. And then, of course, throughout the regular season for so many years that kept you out of maybe the playoff or kept you out of contending for an SEC championship game. But think about where LSU was when Nick Saban came in as the head coach at LSU. And think about how in 2003, when Nick Saban won a national championship at LSU, I mean, he broke a near 50-year drought that LSU had with the national championship. Look, it it wasn't always pretty at LSU throughout the history, even before Nick Saban and after Nick Saban. But once Nick Saban won that first national championship at LSU, maybe it was the first one, it was the first one in my lifetime, maybe the first one in your lifetime as well. It kind of reiterated hope in the fan base. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was six years old when, when LSU won the national championship in 2003. Um, so I don't remember it. It wasn't like I was, uh, you know, I don't really, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel some type of way at the time. But when you think about where LSU was and what LSU became after that, I have to ask, Would LSU have been back in the national championship game less than 10 years later? Would LSU be the kind of program that we know it today, where the standard is excellence, where some of the best players in the country come to play for LSU because they know what that standard is, because they know that the expectation is national championship? Would LSU be the same program that it is today had Nick Saban not coached at LSU? I don't know the answer to that question, but what I do know is that this program was changed forever because Nick Saban was part of it. So as we step away and we say goodbye to Nick Saban, the coach, I, I, and as miserable as that man has made me, and I'll admit I wore a game day pin once upon a time throughout my time at LSU with a picture of Nick Saban with devil horns coming off of his head. Look, I'll admit it. We've all hated Nick Saban once upon a time throughout our fandom as an LSU Tiger. But on a day when someone who has had so much success, as much success as Nick Saban has had, I can step away and tip my cap what he's done for the game, and I can appreciate the hell out of what he did for LSU. I get it. If you were jumping up and down and rejoicing his retirement, I understand. I I, I get it. But um, I can also appreciate what he did as well. 
but enough of reflection, enough of the gushy stuff, uh, enough of the nice words I can say about Nick Saban. But coming up next, I want to get into what this means for LSU because there's going to be a lot of shakeup at Alabama on the coaching staff, on the roster. How can LSU benefit from that? One of those things that has been brought up a lot. We'll focus on the coaching staff first. Where does Tommy Reese go? If he is not retained by the next head coach at the University of Alabama, could he find himself at LSU? We will get into that coming up next after just a few words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about game time. So you should not have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. I've been there. I've had anxiety about having to wait in virtual lines for concert tickets or paying astronomical prices for sporting events or theater events or comedy shows, whatever it might be, because they've got all sorts of fees on other ticketing websites. No, I don't want to deal with any of that. So I go right to game time. Take the stress out of the ticket buying process with game time. It gives you such great peace of mind that you know exactly what you are going to get with your next purchase. You, It's all in prices from the jump. So up front, you know what your total is going to be. None of those back-end fees once you, uh, once you get throughout the checkout process. And you can see your view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you're going to get once you arrive. So you don't have to wonder, oh, I hope that we have a good view of the field or the court or the stage, whatever you might be going to. I hope that there's not a view obstructing pole right in front of me. No, you don't have to worry about that because game time gives you total peace of mind. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply again, Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we are part of the Locked On Network, your team, every single day. The Lockdown Network also, some very exciting news, has launched the first-to-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every single league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-to-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So again, the news that came out, the biggest news probably very, very, very long time in college football. Of course, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, realignment, NIL. Of course, all of those things are massive. But somebody like Dick Saban has won seven national championships throughout his near 30-year tenure. It's pretty massive news when he decides to hang it up and move on to what's next for him. So what comes next? What comes next and how does that affect LSU? Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Tommy Reese has a relationship with Brian Kelly. Tommy Reese was a quarterback for Brian Kelly. Tommy Reese was a coach on Brian Kelly's staff at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly wanted to bring Tommy Reese with him to LSU. Nick Saban came calling. Nick Saban wanted Tommy Reese as his offensive play caller. Tommy Reese went to Alabama. Now that Nick Saban has decided to retire, where does Tommy Reese go next? 
Tommy Reese is not in contention for the head coaching job at the University of Alabama. He doesn't have enough experience for that. He is too young for that. He, he right now does not have the skins on the wall to take over maybe the most massive and intriguing college football opening in the history of the, of the sport. Tommy Reese is not, uh, Tommy Reese will not be the head coach. Will he be retained by the next head coach? Eileen, no, I don't know. I don't know who the next coach is going to be. It's more likely than not, in my opinion, that Tommy Reese is available on the open market. So given his relationship with Brian Kelly, his history with Brian Kelly, and Brian Kelly's interest in Tommy Reese when Brian Kelly came to LSU, is Tommy Reese in contention for LSU's open offensive coordinator spot? I think we have to say yes. I think that we have to say that it at least has to be an option that if Brian Kelly wanted him two years ago, and now he even has more experience in play calling in the SEC and at a program like Alabama, a program that has very similar expectations, not the exact same expectations that LSU has of winning a national championship, then what would change now? So I do think that he is a contender. I do at least think, and this is based, this is no reporting. I'm not breaking news. I have to think that Brian Kelly has at least picked up the phone, talked to Tommy Reese about what comes next. Now, do I want Tommy Reese? If we're just talking opinion, because if I can say, I, I think that, that Tommy Reese at least has to be in part of the conversation. But I'm good. I don't want Tommy Reese. I do not want Tommy Reese to be the next offensive coordinator at LSU, and I will tell you why. Joe Sloan is in-house right now. Joe Sloan, it feels like, is going to be the next offensive coordinator at LSU. Now, of course, anything can change. Anything can happen. Brian Kelly can bring in whoever the hell that he wants. But Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton split play-calling duties in the bowl game, and even before that, it felt like Joe Sloan was the leader in the clubhouse to be LSU's next offensive coordinator. The quarterback's coach who was in the booth when Mike Denbrock was coordinating the offense and was calling plays, the Joe Sloan's DNA is all over LSU's season this past year when they had the number one offense in America when Jaden Daniels had his Heisman Trophy campaign. And when you talk about Joe Sloan, you can't not talk about the development of Jaden Daniels. That Jaden Daniels went from being a quarterback in 2022 that was reluctant to throw the football, that was good, not great, turned into the most electric quarterback in college football. Joe Sloan has a lot to do with that. So his involvement in the offense, the fact that he kind of was a, was an apprentice of Mike Denbrock this past year, I think he deserves the job that if continuity is an option, I take that option all day long that if I don't need to switch things up, if I don't need to go outside of the building, I don't want to that if this person was part of the reason was responsible partly for, for us having success, why would I want to go outside of that and try something different? It's like, look, I'm really happy with my current significant other. I'm not necessarily going to jump ship for someone else that might be a little bit better good looking or might make, make a little bit more money because I'm happy with what I got. And I think the other aspect aspect of that as well is relationships and relationships with recruits more specifically. Relationships with the current roster. 
Joe Sloan's relationship with Garrett Nussmeyer. Because not only can we talk about the the, uh, the development of Jaden Daniels, let's also talk about the development of Garrett Nussmeyer that's been going on behind the scenes. That Joe Sloan is familiar with Garrett Nussmeyer, who is now going to be your starting quarterback, that knows the tendencies, that knows what Garrett Nussmeyer needs to work on. He knows this receiving core and this offensive line, a Joe Moore Award finalist offensive line. That Joe Sloan has been putting in the work to find guys via the transfer portal. A.J. Swan coming in from Vanderbilt. I have a feeling that, that Joe Sloan probably has built a, a strong relationship with A.J. Swan and has started to, to, to work on A.J. Swan's development. That he knows this current roster. He knows this team. He knows what he wants from this offense or he knows what this offense can do. But you've also just signed not signed, excuse me, you got a commitment from the number one quarterback, the number one player in the country in the 2025 class. Go to 247sports.com right now. Search Bryce Underwood. Scroll down. When it says LSU committed, whose name is next to, to LSU's name? Joe Sloan. He was recruited by Joe Sloan. He has the relationship with Joe Sloan. Joe Sloan has the relationship with Harlan Berry or DeCorian Moore or even in the 2024 class because you've got Colin Hurley coming in in the 2024 class as well. A very, very highly coveted and incredibly talented quarterback coming in next season. Joe Sloan has relationships with all of those players, future and present. I'll stick with the continuity. I'll stick with the guy that has those relationships. I'll stick with the guy who's done a lot, a lot for this offense over the last couple of years. But Caroline, why can't we have both? Why can't Tommy Reese be a play caller and Joe Sloan be the quarterback's coach? I don't think that works. Joe Sloan wants to be a play caller. Tommy Reese <laughs> wants to be a play caller. He was a play caller at Alabama. It's not going to take a demotion. So you can't, I, I don't think that there is a world that exists in which you have both on the staff. You would have to choose Joe Sloan or Tommy Reese. I think Tommy Reese is an incredibly gifted offensive mind. And I think that Tommy Reese has a very bright future in football, college football, if he wants to stay in the NFL, if those are his aspirations. It just doesn't work right now here. That, look, you, we, we wanted you to be here. You went to Alabama because you thought that would be better for you, and that's wonderful. But we, we got our own thing going here. No disrespect in the world to Tammy Reese. Super talented coach. I'll stick with the continuity. But coming up next, coaching is not the only domino that could fall and could affect LSU. There's probably several players on Alabama's roster committed to Alabama next year, the year after, so on and so forth. That didn't commit to play for the University of Alabama, they committed to play for Nick Saban. So what changes now that Nick Saban will not be the coach at Alabama? We will get into that after a couple of words from our sponsors. All right, I want to tell you about FanDuel. 
The NFL regular season is wrapped up. We've got the playoffs coming up this weekend, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab as well. So if you don't know what you're looking for, if you kind of want to poke around at what some of the popular bets are, you can do that in the Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. If you're looking for something to bet on, here's my take. It's got to be like minus 20 degrees in Kansas City this weekend when the Miami Dolphins go to Kansas City. It's going to be snowing. It's going to be freezing. I'm going to take the under. On the FanDuel Sportsbook app, it's listed at 44 and a half. Normally with those two teams and those two offenses, I would hammer the over. But given the weather and the circumstances, I'm going to take the under. But that is just my take. Do it how you want to do it and do it with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Rolling along here on Locked on LSU, Nick Saban has announced that he is retiring. What comes next for Tommy Reese? I think LSU has to be in the conversation, but... If I was LSU and my two candidates, and of course, it's not just those two. There are several other candidates that I'm sure are in contention. If I had to choose between Joe Sloan and Tommy Reese, I go with Joe Sloan. But the domino effect of the coaching staff is just one of many, many dominoes that are yet to fall. There's going to be a lot of shakeup on Alabama's roster, and there's going to be some shakeup in terms of their commitments. We've already seen that. A five-star a wide receiver that's committed to Alabama in the 2024 class, Ryan Williams. He has already announced that he will decommit from Alabama. That came out just mere hours after the announcement dropped that Nick Saban will retire. But I think there's going to be a lot of players that enter the transfer portal or decommit. Just a reminder, whenever a coach retires or gets fired, that school automatically opens up a 30-day transfer portal window. So while the transfer portal is now closed to LSU and several other programs, pretty much every other program across America, now that Nick Saban is leaving, Alabama players have a 30-day period to come and go as they please. There's going to be several coaches that do, excuse me, players that will decide that they want to move on. Of course, that's pending of which coach gets named the next head coach at Alabama and the coordinators that they decide to bring in. But I think it's inevitable whenever there's a coaching change, there's going to be roster shakeup as well. I think that is a perfect opportunity for LSU to capitalize because LSU still has some roster holes that they need to fill. Makai Wingo and Mason Smith, they have declared for the NFL draft. Of course, you hope that Deshaun Womack can take that next step forward. Of course, you hope that uh, there's some other players on LSU's roster, whether it's a, a Savion Jones that can step up and, and, and kind of fill in and help out the, the defensive line. Dominic McKinley can come in in this 2024 class. Is he poised and ready to start day one? At least you hope so. But you want some depth on the defensive line, especially on the interior defensive line. Are there some players at Alabama or even committed in the 2024 class that can flip to LSU. I think that's one position that you have to look at. 
One position that I think is the most important is in the secondary. You need safety help. You need corner help. And it's not even just that you need bodies. Like, you need starters. Of course, Javion Toviano, I, I hope, takes that next step forward. And some of these young guys who have gotten some work. But you still need veteran presence. You still need talent. You still need depth. You just need bodies in the secondary. Alabama has an incredibly gifted secondary. And Nick Saban's calling card isn't just defense. It's also coaching up the secondary. So to get a Nick Saban coach DB, I think would be huge for this, this cornerback room or the safety room. So that is where I'm looking at how LSU can continue to build the team, how LSU can continue to supplement pieces for Bo Davis now coming in as the defensive line coach and Blake Baker as the new defensive coordinator. How can you give them more players, more tools, more talent, more versatility to work with as they come in and start to rebuild this defense? The best opportunity that is afforded to you is to look through Alabama's roster and to start to have some of those conversations as some of those players begin to enter the transfer portal. Crazy, crazy day in college sports. But also, just a reminder as well, you're not going to be the only team that's looking to poach from Alabama's roster some players that decide to enter the transfer portal. I'm sure Ole Miss is looking at Alabama's roster. I'm sure Florida is looking at Alabama's roster. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Florida State, every program across America wants to get their hands on some Alabama talent. It's making the assumption that there's going to be enough players or any players at all that decide to leave Alabama. Maybe there's no players that decide to leave Alabama. As At time of recording, no player from Alabama has announced they will enter the transfer portal. The only thing that I have seen so far is that decommitment from the five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams in the 2024 class. But expect to see those names maybe trickle into the transfer portal after Alabama makes its announcement of its new head coach, which I think that we can anticipate to hear in the next few days. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned tomorrow's edition of Locked On LSU. We'll hit on all of this with Brian Smith, Nick Saban, how LSU can continue to supplement their roster what the departures of Makai Wingo and Mason Smith mean, what the arrival of Blake Baker and Bo Davis means for LSU. And of course, we will break down that 2025 recruiting class. LSU currently has the number one class in 2025 recruiting class. They've got Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback and number one player in that class. They've got DeCorian Moore, the number one receiver. They've got Harlem Berry, the number one running back in Louisiana kids. So what does that mean for LSU and Brian Kelly building this team and this program moving forward? All that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked on LSU. You are Locked on LSU. 